Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Baka 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 Podcast. Yeah, you know, Baka! 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 Baka. It's amazing how every time you open your mouth, you prove you're an idiot. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Baka Baka Baka. We are an anime podcast. Every two weeks, we come together on this podcast and we talk about anime for the podcast. And it's a podcast about the anime that we watched in the past two weeks. And we discuss it and then we turn it over to our podcast audience so that they can discuss it further, enhancing the very podcast you have listened to and making you part of that podcast. So meta. We are so professional. (laughs) I was going to do a bit about jumping back in time and warning myself not to do a bit, but everybody does that bit so that <laughs> all right we watched vivi for right eyes song and to discuss it i do need the help of my co-host first off we have he's the reason for the teardrops on my guitar jeremy how you doing i'm doing pretty good i, I don't even know that reference at all <laughs> okay. that's i believe that's a it. song of some kind <laughs> i'm guessing um, really a song yeah um so yeah let's see i i watched uh suicide squad so there's that yeah that was really really good um thoroughly enjoyed that uh harley quinn cracks me up favorite character is weasel absolutely Mine other was, than that what was, was your shark king shark's my favorite king right. shark's pretty good yeah i mean voiced by sylvester stallone how can you voice by Sylvester Stallone, <laughs> a dumb shark. Yes. Yep. So, other than that, just a little bit of uh, XCOM to bide the time. Back to the original. Not, well, not truly the original, not UFO Defense, but Enemy Within plus Long War Mod. And super fun. Still missing the 99% shots? Yes. Frequently. <laughs> but I don't have Gosh. it on hardcore this time. It's not on Iron Man, so I'm actually, you know, restarting the level. Oh, having fun. I'm cheesing. I'm having fun. (laughs) (laughs) And our other host, if he liked it, he should have put a ring on it. Jason, how are you doing? I I did. (laughs) I meant me. Uh, How are you? (laughs) Well, I'm taking I'm sorry. I know. Awkward. (laughs) Uh, Fantastic. Uh... Boys started soccer, so life's kind of been consumed there. So not a lot of media, but uh, I have been really digging the Path of Exile League. A lot of people hate it. Um, doing a little Minecraft, but yeah, not a not a ton this this week. People are so upset about your game that on the Reddit front page, a Path of no. Exile thing popped up about the Steam reviews dropping to like mid level. For like the first time ever in the game's history. And, and I'm like, wait, why is Path of Exile on the Reddit front page? This is it no hit front page? What, yeah. what, what are people complaining about? Um, <sighs> people don't like that they're going back to their original vision, or at least trying to pull it back. So oh. a lot of games suffer from power creep. They're trying mm. to address it, mm. meaning people can't go zoom zoom like they used to, or at least... Mm. It's it's more work to get to that point now. So, so the thing is, is that, that it, people were 
people were downing the end and end bosses within two days of a leak. So they're like, this is not the intended game we wanted. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So those people are probably calling it more of a a grind now. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But there's a whole political sphere around it, actually, which that's why I'm like, wow, that's impressive. It got to the front page. (laughs) My goodness. Uh, I'm just glad to hear that you're enjoying it, right? Forget the haters. I I am because it's created new challenges and new puzzles that I get to try and solve instead of just doing the same grind league after league. I I get to like do, okay, if I put this piece here and put that piece there, oh, that works. That's cool. I'm having fun. Cool. And my name is Troy and I am a share song. You can, you can pick anyone you want. Uh, I shot the sheriff. <laughs> oh, wait. Different share. <laughs> I'm proud so, of myself. We've broken Troy. <laughs> so random. That's too random. That's too random even for us, man. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> All right. Uh, I also watched Suicide Squad, but the, the one I want to talk about, I watched B-Star Season 2. Uh, we had talked about B-Star Season Ooh. 1 uh, on the podcast. Uh, season 2 finally popped up on Netflix, and I was all over. I was like, I'm going to go slow this time. Because last time I binged it in like two or three days. And I watched two episodes the first night, two episodes the second night. Third night stayed up till 1 a.m. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> the rest of the episodes. Oh, it was it good. It worked out. Uh, to my slight disappointment, there is much less emphasis on the love story. Uh, there is only a handful of scenes between the wolf and the rabbit. Um, unfortunately, but the murder mystery is the major plot line and it gets resolved. And also what happens to Louis, um, once he's in the lion's den, uh, and the, how those two stories converge. Uh, it was, it was fantastic. And that ending was insane. And I just can't wait to see where it goes from there. Uh, B stars. I, I don't know why I like it. I don't know if I'd like it yeah. if they were humans, but I, <laughs> it's so good. So so so, what would you give it if if you were watching it for the podcast? Oh, a, a five. Like I said, my only complaint mm-hmm. is I I did enjoy the love story, um, but there just wasn't time for it because. And my big complaint about season one is, hey, what about that murder mystery? That's what I was here for. And season two is like, I got you. We're here for that. <laughs> nice. So, so. Season two is like love story. We got a crime <laughs> ring to go to. <laughs> Yeah, every, yeah, I won't. I won't say any more. I don't want to spoil anything, but it was nice. definitely enjoyable. Um, if you enjoyed season one, and especially if like you're like oh, this is a little romantic, cheesy for me, that's yeah, not going to be a problem in season two. All right, let's go on to talk about the anime that we're actually here to talk about. Again, it's Vivi Fluorite Eyes Song. Um, this is an original anime, and we're. It was picked by Jason, so I'll have you go first. What is your non-spoiler review uh, and recommendations? Uh, if you haven't seen it, watch it. Don't spoil yourself with this and with this podcast. Um, uh, the it, it's funny too because this is one of those anime where you go, "How do I explain this to people to get them to watch it?" And if I go, "Pop star time travels to save humanity," but pop star is an android. That just is is kind of weird, but like I enjoyed myself so much because the premises that were brought up, 
the ideas of AI and humans living together and like the eventuality of things and even a little time travel uh, where it didn't break too many immersiveness because I hate time travel and stories. But yeah, uh, this was a fantastic anime. All right, Jeremy, what'd you think? I totally agree. Um, if, if you, if this sounds like something that you would like, turn the uh, podcast off. Don't even listen to Troy's opinion and go watch it. Um, it, is, it is it is really really good shots fired Jeez. <laughs> um it uh, uh the character development is fantastic and just to add to uh, to jason's um description of, of like what i would say is, is i'd also add to it that um it's really about the development of that protagonist this anime does such a good job with the character development of Vivi, um, mm-hmm. just fantastic. Uh, I, I had multiple times where, where I was, it was getting me right, right where it hurt. And, you know, I don't, right I don't tear up. Yeah, but I was feeling it, man. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very good. It's a tearjerker. So. It made Jeremy feel emotions. That should be it's all it. anyone needs yes. to know to go turn on. <laughs> yes. It's, oh, oh, I felt it. <laughs> if for some reason you're still here. <laughs> I also really like the other. I, I'd say I, I I loved it. Um, I I've even been tweeting about it from Arbaka account just because these guys weren't watching it. I needed someone to say something too. Uh, <laughs> I, I found out it was written by the same guy who wrote ReZero, our favorite anime on this podcast probably, uh, and the same writer from those light novels wrote this anime. Uh, and that guy he has such a great grasp of this is what everyone else would do and i'm not gonna do that i'm gonna do something original and unique and poignant and make characters that matter even if the concept seems like it's gonna be something else um the one thing i didn't expect was for it to be action-packed i thought this was going to be a more on the pop star side and the action scenes are are some of the best It's, it's done by wit studio See, this is like a side project while they were like in between Attack on Titan seasons, from what I understand. And they, they took the, the, like all their budget from Attack on Titan and threw it into this. It is beautifully animated. It is gorgeous and it is a great story. I'm going to be gushing about it. So I am no longer a, a viable reviewer going because, because I, I will die on this hill for this anime. <laughs> all right. All right, um, and we have to be careful in this section because we are still in non-spoilers, but what are your guys' thoughts on the OP and the closing? The closing was really interesting. Um, I didn't watch it every time because I didn't quite, I, I didn't like it as, uh, as, like, as much, right? So it was okay. Uh, but what I found interesting is the dominoes. Because if you think about computer systems, they're very much this action equals this action, which equals this action. I thought that was a really interesting call out. Wait, you you think the dominoes are referring to computer systems and not time travel? Well, I of course it was also referring to that, but I thought <laughs> it, it could it could apply to both. I think Causa- oh, I like causality. I, I like yeah. that. Yeah, causality is really what it, it was calling out. 
but the, uh, man, when the OP, so like some of the, sometimes the OP would just go kind of into the story. Like if you've seen ReZero, um, and it, that, I, I love that so much because it just makes it feel immersive. Um, but the standard OP, I loved. Like the visuals were great. The music was fantastic. It's all original music, I believe, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Let's so. say it is. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jeremy, what did you think? Um, at first, I, I wasn't super fond of the OP, um, but it grew on me a lot. And now I actually really like it. It's one of my, one of the ones that I that I do have on a on a list that I actually listen to, which is surprising. It doesn't happen very often. Um, but what was really cool is when they switch out OPs and and they do that for a couple episodes and and it matters. It's relevant to the story. And then also, and I was kind of like you, Jason. I didn't pay attention to the endings. I would skip them. Um, just kind of fast forward and see if there was any uh, post credit yeah. scenes. And I read later when I was just looking up about the studio and stuff that the endings were different a lot. There were a lot of different endings. And so I'm kind of wondering what I may have missed. I didn't have time to go check it out, but huh. I think there may be some, uh, some treasure there. Uh, I absolutely love the OP myself, and I'm a sucker. This is an anime that knows, hey, let's put the OP in the story, but also it put the story in the OP. Uh, like, mm-hmm. like Jason pointed out, it, ReZero does it. It takes what ReZero does and like evolves it to a new form. And because the, the plot revolves around singers, it could do that. It, it can literally start with a character singing a song in the plot, but that song is the OP. And then we're watching the OP, and then the OP's ending, and we're back in the story with her finishing the yeah. song. And I'm like. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. This is the coolest thing I've ever seen. We've seen so many OPs, and this is so fresh and unique. Uh, And then the ED uh, matters a lot because um, there's no lyrics, and that matters. (laughs) And... And then there's the the dominoes and symbolism, and we'll, we'll I can't say any more until we're in the spoiler section. But yeah, the ED ends up being this huge deal that changes in context because of the story. You're like, oh, this is sweet and cute, and then later you're like, no, it's not, <laughs> no, it's not, and then you're like, okay, maybe it's now it's just sad. Um, it's it's all over the place. Oh man, now I should have watched them. Because they look the so thing. similar. Yeah. All right, so uh. Let's go into our spoiler section now. So we hope you've made your decision of whether you want to see it. Again, we all recommend this is a very unique anime worth watching. I don't think it's been advertised very well. Um, it kind of came out of my radar because of Mother's Basement's like recommendations for the season. Um, and, and then, Jason, you picked it anyway. So I was like, oh, that's awesome. Uh, but I, I haven't seen many people talk, talking about it. Um, so, again, highly recommend to pick this one up. But... From now on, spoilers are coming. We're going to tell you a very <laughs> interesting story and muck it all up, so don't rely on us. <laughs> all right. So we start with a shot from the ending, as anime sometimes do. Uh, but it is our main character. Um, technically, her name is Diva, but we will be calling her Vivi because there's another character we need to refer to as diva later um so for all intents and purposes i'll call her vivi it's sometimes using my notes as diva so if i say that i'll try to keep it straight uh but but our main character vivi uh heading towards the stage to sing 
what are your guys' thoughts on our main character, Vivi? Who's an android? You know? I should I should throw out just so as we start talking about like her <laughs> development. She, she's a robot. Specifically an AI. Yes. Yeah. Right. And she's got so we find out later in the story that all AIs have one mission. And that that's kind of kind of their law, right? You don't give a you don't give an AI more than one mission. So her one mission is to make as many people happy as possible with her specifically with her singing. Um, and the voice actor do that from by her singing heart. from her heart. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, what is Can't it? Forget uh, it. Put all her heart into it. Yeah. Yeah. Put her heart into yeah. it. Exactly. Yeah. Which is funny because it's so ambiguous for her. But anyways, mm-hmm. um, no, I, I really like how the logical leaps happen from a like computer engineer point of view because it's very uh it's very plausible that some of these leaps that happen in the story would happen in life uh or or in a real system um but yeah at this point she's very robotic she uh you know she's got a very uh asimov kind of way about how she deals with people um, and, and I, I liked the premise of, you know, we're, this is going to be our main character, someone that's not a person or at least not a human. And it, it, the anime does a good job of blurring those lines without making it feel awkward, uh, which is part, partly a criticism for me because the, the realism of how far are we going with this AI, but the story gets so good. I start hand waving it, <laughs> not caring. Yeah. <laughs> And start bringing some of my own Bruce of principles. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, I actually really enjoyed the writing for this character. Mm-hmm. Both Diva same. and Vivi. Yeah, yeah, same here. Uh, the way that Vivi almost immediately seems to be breaking the restrictions that you would expect out of out of a more um, out of a more I want to say static, but it's just stiff. I guess is what I'm thinking of a robotic approach to things like there's a scene where somebody's going to die. Who's very important to her and she wants to do everything she can to prevent that, but there really isn't anything she can do. And it's just so tragic. There's, there's also scenes where she's being extremely independent, trying to solve things her way, regardless of how a mission may be presented to her to solve things um, in a particular way. And it may even be that she's presented with what you would expect an AI to say, oh, okay, this is optimized. You clearly have more knowledge about the situation than me. I'm going to give you a robotic response and I'm going to do what I'm ordered to do. But she does not do that. From the get-go, she is already trying to um, make her own path, be independent, be essentially creative with her problem solving, which is not really uh, what you see in any of the other AI. And it's not a standard AI trait. And so this is uh, this is really fascinating about her to me. And it is something that kind of builds as we learn more and more about her character. And we do eventually figure out what the root of that is. And it gets expressed through that. Um, but, you know, we'll get into that later. But, uh, yeah, I absolutely love this character. I love the arc that she goes through where she has to deal with something really traumatic and get over it, find a way to get over it. And the way that she gets over it is something only an AI could do. At least only an AI could express it this clearly to us. 
in a way that we can visualize it so well. And uh, yeah, very, very cool character. I'll remember her for a long time. Um, I, yeah, I, I very much agree with what you guys said. I, I enjoyed that Vivi didn't start as completely robotic. Like she, we meet her and she's one years old. She already has a friend, but as her AI manager <laughs> says to her, that was just your find a child, save a child protocol is running. Um, <laughs> the the show does that where she does something. And like you said, like creative problem solving. And it kind of says, well, there's a reason mm-hmm. why that's happening robotically. There's a reason because she has her mission to sing. And so everything she does has to go through that lens. You know, I, I, I'm trying to save the world, but through this lens of, but if I had to make everyone sing, I can't. I can't let people get hurt because then they can't hear me sing. So I'm, yeah, so yeah. I'm finding routes around of not the going Terminator style to do things. Um, and, and it makes her really palpable for, I know Jeremy really likes the, the AIs not having emotions mm-hmm. and then growing them. Um, but, but finding that, that kind of middle ground where that is there, she's not very emotive or, um, you know, not very human like in the beginning, but also not completely robotic. She's somewhere in between. She's very palpable. And then to watch her grow and and, and just continue to to, to evolve, and, and I just really like what they they did with her, and um, she's wonderful. She's fantastic. Um, so a couple points to bring out, which we'll kind of get into in this first episode, is that she's not only one years old, but she's also the first of her kind as a singer AI, and, and autonomous. She's mm, the very first autonomous. autonomous. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah, she's the first autonomous because all the other AIs are non-autonomous and they also look very non-human. Like mm-hmm. they've got like a face, but you can tell, oh, that's all plastic and, you know, uh, not a real person. Which this... like look looking at Vivi without her mark on her neck, it would be very easy to uh, in passing uh, mistake that for a, a human. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you guys understand the autonomous Term. Like, what did you think that meant? Because I, I was a little bit confused and I had to come up with my own definition. What did you guys think? Uh, for me, it was free, like uh, uh, not free will, but like able to like a self-contained AI instead of being remotely controlled with uh, commands. So like uh, non-autonomous would be. It's got enough function that if you give it a command, even complex commands, it will go do those tasks, but then it will then dock and then wait for a new task. Autonomous would mean I have a generalized mission that I can live day to day in pursuit of that higher t- uh, com- complexity of a, of a mission. Hmm. Yeah, I, I guess I agree with that. That's that. While she has a mission like the other AIs have a mission, theirs is a do the mission. Hers is do the mission how you see fit. Like you're you're free to do. You have a general thing that you have to accomplish, and we're just going to let you do that your way. Um, the the OP shows her like waking up in the morning and doing her hair. She's not stored in a box. She's living a life with a purpose, but that's still her ability to do. To and again that that filters into like when she's saving the world, she can do it her way. Because she's just allowed to to think outside the box. Because yeah. there's different there's different types of AI, right? Like you know the the bots that trade stocks 
you know, that's a tech, that's a technically a version of AI, but mm-hmm. she would be classified as like a generalized AI can do general things and give it abstract tasks. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Cause I, we saw multiple instances where you would have these non autonomous AI manning storefronts or giving people tours or doing other things that would require the ability to solve problems autonomously. Um, and so that's where I got a little bit confused because like you guys are saying, she's solving these problems autonomously, but so are these bots. Now I do like the idea that she's able to live autonomously, but one of the things that I, that I saw about her that was really interesting is she is of a particular type of AI that has to actually connect up to the main index, the archive. Yeah. Does they, she they, have to? They, they, or does she just but, use it? That's what the autonomous, all autonomous AI connect up to the index. Yeah. They, they Whereas all the do, non-autonomous for, don't. Except for, Which is super except weird. For the, the AI that Jeremy owns, everyone's getting their firmware updates. Yes, yes. <laughs> that's how I saw it. Exactly man. right. <laughs> my VR AI. <laughs> Um, but, but I thought that was so weird because it seems like counter, it, it seems like it's the opposite. It seems like a contradiction, right? Because autonomous, you would think, means that it doesn't require connecting up to the big AI archive database in order to, to function, but she actually does. And all of these autonomous ones don't, whereas the ones that are not autonomous don't have to connect up to this thing. So, right. um, I saw it as like Wi-Fi. These are Wi-Fi bots. But I never saw it as I connect to the archive to function while well, they do get firmware updates, but it was more like a, a a brain space of like, okay, I want to do some inner workings that aren't in the outside world. And so there's this program I get to go to, to, to chill out on my own and think. Um, yeah. Cause it never showed her like running to it or like, I have to be in there by, by a certain time. Uh, but they yeah. do mention, yeah, the, the, there's one autonomous AI that doesn't. And they mm. do mention, Oh yeah, we just never, <laughs> never, never updated her, her back in. Yeah. Yeah. And this was interesting to me because, um, oh, what was I going to say? Never mind. I'll come back to it. I forgot. I'll go forward in the story. Okay. Uh, this scene dropped my jaw. And I don't think I picked it up for like two episodes after this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is just a, a massacre. We see the carnival that, that Vivi works at and robots are just murdering humans left and right there's children crying over their parents uh one of the best ones was like this sweet female android walks up to this woman who's crying and then just grabs her face and crushes it slowly um uh-huh. the and the drones that see the humans down below and just dive bomb them and crack their skulls open that one <laughs> yeah i was i was partially impressed like okay uh, the, the ai means business <laughs> yeah right yeah uh, so yeah, there's this, this massacre going on and then we see this scientist and he's, uh, running around trying to fight, get away from these androids, runs into a room and he creates the singularity project and, and basically starts the plot. And he's talking to Diva who we see sitting in a chair in a museum and he's saying, I'm sorry, I have to do this to you, but I need you to save the world. And then we go back 100 years. Uh, Vivi is now one years old. She's singing in front of like three people at the carnival. She's not very popular. Um, and she's not very good. Like the notes are coming out fine, but she's, she's like trying to do like pop poses and they're just 
totally unnatural and don't go along with the song at all. And she goes and she talks to there's a little girl and her her AI man like her manager. Um, the the AI is called Navi and the little girl is called Mom- Momoka. Um, and Momoka calls her Vivi based on a storybook that she has that where that looks like uh, this character Diva. Again, we're calling her Vivi because she eventually adopts that that name. Uh, but her name is Diva. And and this little girl is like, hey, I want to see you on the main stage someday. She's like, I will be on the main stage. I promise you. Um, but during this time, guys, and it took me a few seconds to realize it. In the top left corner of the screen is a timer and a location uh, uh, yeah. that are counting down. And as she moves around, the location moves. And then the timer is counting up to a timer location. And basically, whatever is going to happen is going to start when everything lines up. And when she moves to, to stand on the stage to sing her next song after at Momica leaves, um, did Bumbaka give her the bear too? Yeah, Bumbaka gives her a teddy mm-hmm. bear, and then yeah. she goes to stand on the stage, and then it locks in red. She's in position, and the timer's almost up. And I, I pause the anime. I'm like, okay, that's like freaking me out. What's coming? <laughs> um, it was, that was a really cool way of, of building the story. And it's just off in the corner of the screen. Just hey, yep. it's coming. Um, it, it all, it all lines up. The time hits, and the project starts. And she basically goes unconscious and falls off the stage and she wakes up in the archive. And again, we kind of mentioned the archive, but the archive is a program where the AIs can go an artificial room world. Hers looks like a band room Mm -hmm. um, where they can download their firmware, check files, you know, it's a robot world. Um, I remember what I was going to say now, because we're talking about the archive. It's pertinent here. Um, when you hook up to the archive, it copies you and adds you to itself. The archive is actually an aggregate of all of these different autonomous AIs that thinks like a hive mind. All right. Yeah, it actually, every time she goes into it, it says um, normal access granted mm-hmm. or nor- normal access has been attained or something like that. Um, so, yeah, she it, this the archive is not something in her head. That's something she has to access. Exactly. Right. Um, and then a little cube guy appears in there and he's like, (laughs) (laughs) and his name is Matsumoto. He is the program that the scientist a hundred years from now has sent back in time. Um, and he's basically like, Hey, we got to save the world. Uh, a robotic uprising is going to happen to wipe out, you know, attack humanity in a hundred years. We're going to travel as we go through time. There are events that are going to happen that lead to this. We're going to change them. Uh, this is Matsumoto. What are your guys' thoughts on him? I know it's favorite character of both of you. So, <laughs> um, yeah, the, the, he, he's the best. He, so, like, yeah, the first thing that hop, hop, popped into my mind when I saw him was, oh, it's a portal cube, but yes. or sphere, but cube. Um, no. Yeah, he's. I, I like so he yeah his main mission is I'm gonna save the future and we're gonna use Vivi to do it and these are the tasks like you know very logical but also with the sassiness of Troy, um, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. but he I like how he continue like his relationship with Vivi is what makes this story so good. Uh, because, you know, he'll say, OK, we need to do this. And she's she obviously has more just life experience because she's like, well, there's a route here. We should, and he's like, no, that's not what we need to do. <laughs> yep. um, 
so yeah, I, I like his personality. He's a great fit to the story. Um, and yeah, he, he was the one that made me laugh. Yeah. Matsumoto was, he's awesome. Great character. Um, what really cracks me up about him is that he's not always right. Um, but he still yeah. sticks to his guns <laughs> and he's like, this is my mission and this is the data I have from the future. And it seems like he doesn't even necessarily take into account the changes that they've made as they mm-hmm. go through step by step. He's like, nope, this is what happens in the main timeline. So here it comes. Wait, it's a little bit earlier. It's a little bit later. Hmm, it shouldn't have happened like this, but we're still going to press on. Yep. Um, and so he cracks me up with his his gusto. Um, but another thing that's really cool about him is I've been trying to figure out why they call it Fluorite Eyes Song because her eyes, I mean, sure, that could be it, but nobody ever calls her Fluorite Eye, right? Did you guys ever hear Fluorite mentioned? It's the name of the ED. What? The the ED is Fluorite Eyes Song. That's the, that's the name oh, of... Yeah. Is it the really? song she writes? It is. Oh my oh. gosh! She calls herself that. How did I not catch that? And here I, I, I was. didn't catch that either. But the song is about <laughs> the the anime. It's basically what I saw. She's saying the the song is called yeah. you know what I've seen over the hundred years. Oh my gosh! Okay. Oh my gosh! Okay, okay, okay. So I got to tell you what I interpreted it as because whether it's true or not, it's funny, and I don't think it's true now, but it's still funny. So fluorite forms in a cube-shaped crystal. And if you look at the colors, it actually could pass for Matsumoto's eye. So you have a fluorite cube that's floating around, the color of fluorite that's an eye. He's the fluorite eye. Maybe the song was about him. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe she's writing it about her best friend. (laughs) Does she even like him, though? (laughs) She does by the end. She does does by by the end. end. Yeah, they do not like each other at the beginning. I really like Matsumoto. I I love the he's so mean and he's so oh, yeah. <laughs> he, he pops into this thing and he's like I'm a super advanced AI but I am cynical and I am mean <laughs> and I am telling jokes left and right he uh-huh. is not like I am AI let's do mission he he is like yo if you you know you can't handle this maybe you should just stay home you busted old piece of junk uh, <laughs> he, he is fantastic and also gets a character arc, which I didn't see coming. I kind of thought he, especially after this first episode, I expected a more antagonistic role from him. And that is not the case. He, he very much is, is a close ally. Uh, maybe a little overpowered in the end when he kind of has unlimited. But they, yeah. he's fun. His his forms look like something out of Minecraft. That's what I kept seeing. <laughs> like, oh, it's yep. a Minecraft spaceship. Oh, good for them. Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, I I definitely enjoyed the character and the interactions between them, especially as they go along. Um, I do prefer him in bear form to cube form. Just me. I prefer him in bulldozer form. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> that was amazing. I wish they would have kept the bear. I, I, yeah. Him in bear form was amazing. I, I just love the juxtaposition of someone so powerful in a teddy bear, right? Like yeah, once yeah. he's a cube and he can have like a he can amass his body in any shape he wants. It's like oh that that makes sense for what you will have been. But when he's just like a teddy bear walking around and then just like controlling buildings and then uh, bulldozers, it's like oh yeah. that's <laughs> I love I love that the difference between those. Yeah. All right, so uh, she uh, basically is like I have a virus. <laughs> 
so somehow I got a virus. Um, goes to a technician. They're like, yeah, we don't find any viruses. He puts himself into the teddy bear that she got. So this is, he he's in the same way. He's like, this isn't my true form, uh, but my form hasn't been invented yet. So I'm going to ride in this teddy bear. What I really liked is that they show her go to her apartment. Um, and that made me realize this isn't, and all through this, there's no AI equals slavery, which is almost in every AI story ever. Uh, you know, the movie AI by Centennial Man, uh, iRobot, The Matrix, like always when AI stories come in, it's like, hey, control, slavery, we're, we're not treating people well. For the most part, they do really, humans are pretty good in this, especially about treating trying to evolve from going from this is my phone to this is a person and 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 we see her she she's the first ever ai autonomous and they're not putting her in a box they she has a bed she has a room um and, and like we find out that ai's get funerals and stuff and it never shows humans suck at the way we treat ai and I, that was just really refreshing and different i have no problem with those other stories those are good stories and good themes and morals to 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 put into a story uh, but it was nice that it was something different and just not the, hey, it's AI again. So, hey, this is about slavery again. Um, it, and it went a completely different route. And I just I found that really refreshing. I, I For once, humans weren't just complete scumbags every time we saw an AI. <laughs> yes. Actually, what I really appreciated about the premise of the time period as well is that, yes, we're in the future by, you know, 50 years or 40 years. Yeah, anyways. I think, so, yeah. I think it's 50. Yeah, it's 2060 mm -hmm. something, right? Mm -hmm. um, but that society was very just normal. And even though everything looked high tech around, people didn't seem to have changed much. Um, and I, yeah, I found that refreshing as far as an AI story because it wasn't dystopian future or mm -hmm. iRobot, you know, style of movie so i agree with you yeah um I, I also agree but i do want to mention that there is an ethical conundrum that i've run into before in sci-fi concerning ai that is actually pertinent here and it's a really interesting question and the question is when you create a living uh you might call it free life form that is designed to enjoy the task it is created for is that ethically wrong and I think that's actually not being explored here, but we are being presented with that situation where they create them with a mission and they do derive a measure of satisfaction from completing mm -hmm. their mission. So in, in that way, they do get that reward. They do enjoy doing what they were built to do. But that is something that comes up a lot in the sci-fi community of like, is that good or is that bad? Because you've kind of you've you've drugged them to do <laughs> what you want them to do, basically. Right. Well, it's funny because um, in real life AI, uh, the, especially like bots that build bots, mm -hmm. um, when you give them parameters of lesser value equals bad, but higher value equals good, um, mm -hmm. or at least higher value equals the outcome I want you to get to, when it comes to problem solving and or, or races or puzzles or mazes, um, the kinds of... Uh, decisions that an ai will make very much make it seem like a satisfaction driven um decision making 
and, and so it, it, it again this anime mirrors very much what real AI does. Yeah. One thing I, I just wanted to add is that in this story, there's room for both what, what Jeremy mentioned and for like the slavery morality. And actually like in this first episode, they're talking about a naming law for AI to start giving them rights. So these, mm-hmm. these questions and morality questions are actually happening in the world in the background. Um, but what I was more addressing is that that's just not what this story is about. Yeah. Um, that, that's not what Vivi's concerned about. That's not what Matsumoto's concerned about. They're just trying to stop robot apocalypse. And, and what this is really about is what does it mean to be human? Um, again, taking that ambiguous mm. term of so do something with all your heart. That means nothing at all on a technical level. Um, yeah. how, how does an AI handle that? Uh, and I love the scene when we find out why she got that mission. It's so mean. Yeah. Oh, we'll get to it. All right. <laughs> um, Matsumoto convinces her that he is from the future by saying, hey, there's a guy in this park who's about to get hurt really badly by a bomb. Uh, and I'll show you the location. I'll show you the newspaper clipping of it. Like, this is about to happen. And he's like, and if you don't believe me, just let it happen. And she can't. She, she runs off. And it's also a really good, even though she's just a singing robot, she covers half the distance of the park in like 10 seconds. And to mm-hmm. show her that. I do think humans might have built their AIs a little strong. <laughs> yeah. Hey guys, uh, maybe not give the robots superpowers. Yeah. <laughs> Looking at you, real life robot developers. Exactly. <laughs> Make those robot dogs that can open doors now. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Stairs uh, are no longer our our safety net. <laughs> right. Come on, Boston well, yeah. so, so this was really good because again, she's not a combat robot, but still showing androids are powerful she clears this park in 10 seconds like kicks one guard away grabs another guard and grabs the man and jumps and the bomb goes off um and then she she meets the man he's like oh you're the that singing robot i want to hear you sing someday and he leaves and he's going to be assassinated and due to his assassination uh, a law will pass that gives ai's names and rights and really further uh, the AI cause, and that's what Matsumoto's here to prevent. Uh, so they can't let him be be assassinated. He's going to be assassinated that night. And it, the, this episode ends with him in his office, and and like on the phone in a secret location. And then assassins burst in and shoot him. But then the next episode picks up, and Vivi's in the room, and she's blocking. She takes the bullet for him, and and her. Okay, so here's where I want to interject with my theory. And it's purely theory. I haven't even checked to see if the evidence is there. But I kind of wonder if every episode is a different attempt. Where maybe not a different attempt in the same time span, but like a different um, path along the timelines where Vivi succeeded and Vivi didn't succeed. Because like you said, it sure seemed like he got shot. And then the next episode starts and he's not. Right. So your your theory is that like we're seeing actually multiple timelines, not just yes. the one new timeline that, that Matsumoto has helped create. Yeah. So more than like 15 years passes by like 115 years. Cause now we're on attempt two and then hundred, another 105. Cause we're on attempt three pure speculation. Yeah. But, I guess it's possible, but yeah, definitely. It, it's hard to say because every new story arc, so every, like almost every two episodes, it's a new storyline for the next event. And every episode starts with showing us the event that will happen. So like mm-hmm. we see we see the marriage, we see the satellite crash. So we're obviously seeing into that timeline sometimes. 
then we get that really cool visual representation of here's the timeline that happened and here's our new timeline. Mm-hmm. And then after like two or three events, we start seeing branches come off of each event from this new timeline. But we we're following the red line. Um, so we never see like where those go. Mm-hmm. So but it would I always it, be that way. Yes. And, and so <laughs> I, I definitely see it in the plausible range. Um, yeah. That would mean the professor is sending the data back. And the the only problem is sending Matsumoto back each time. Whenever Vivi awakens with the knowledge of the new timeline that we see, he doesn't send the data back. Well, it would be a new start every time. Because mm-hmm. it'd be the first time every time. Right. I'm just saying we see two time we see this event happen three times where he sends the data back. The first time mm-hmm. he's all alone, he sends it. The second time Vivi's there. He yeah. doesn't send it the third time. Vivi's not there, but she's on the phone with him, and mm-hmm. he doesn't send it. Um, but so you're saying he's sent it multiple times. I I put it in the plausible range. I just don't see anything to prove or disprove it. Yeah, the reason that I thought of it was because there's a scene where the index talks about multiple times that this has happened. Not necessarily Vivi. Uh, trying to fix everything but multiple times that the that the index the archive that we'll talk about later actually does something in response man i'm i'm, I'm getting ahead of what we need to be at. i don't want to spoil anything it's all right sorry <laughs> <laughs> we're in the spoiler section you're all right yeah okay all right um these terrorists uh she she runs out and so they're in this building and the terrorists are now flooding into the building so we learned there's this terrorist group called toke they do not like AIs. AIs are bad, bad news. So they're trying to kill this guy who's trying to pass this law, which they don't know will end up helping the law. Um, and we meet the leader of this this group, whose name is Kuwana. Um, but he has a young protege who's like his second in command, whose name is Kakatani. Uh, the young man ends up being very important to the plot line. He, he's going to come across Vivi's path multiple times. So let's talk about him. What do you guys think about Kakatani? I actually, this character is funny because he he has this really strange arc where he ends up what they call moderate, or at least it seems that way. <laughs> yeah. Because he's so he's so obsessed with, or he ends up being so obsessed with Vivi later on that he's willing to basically just kind of throw his life away to get an answer to it once. Um, but. I I like the arc that he goes through because it, it as Toke and you know part of this uh, uh, terrorist group that they they hate AI they're like they, they shouldn't exist we need to make sure they just dis- be destroyed um, and every time he has to deal with Vivi ruining his plans I, I do have one problem with him, and that comes in the form of there's a point where he is a so-called bridge between AI and humans, and he he has an AI body. Let's just put it that way. He's got an Android body. Okay. If they have the technology to put a human mind in an AI or an Android body and have it function just fine, then... The other instances where we have characters in that same time period or in future time periods that are ill or are dying because of health issues, it brings up the possibility that they could have done the same thing with them. Um, 
put them into an Android body. And so that's, that's one issue I have where I think that the story doesn't fully explain why he exists as like this unique entity that is able to be in an Android body and even recognizes that he's a bridge, giving the impression that he's one of a kind, um, or at least one of a type. But other than that, um, absolutely love what they do with the character and also the fight sequence that that allows to happen is amazing. <laughs> so, so I was more than willing to put up with the, the, um, shall I say like the mystery of it? Um, yeah. They, they, they definitely don't anything. answer it. Um, mm-hmm. it's de- at the time he has it, it's definitely future tech. Mm-hmm. But I would think that at least by the end of the story, the, that tech should be there. So I, I yeah. see what you're saying, especially for certain guys like wife mm-hmm. and, and daughter. Exactly. Um, but my thoughts on Kakatani is, is the closest I'll probably have to an actual complaint is that his motivations at first glance to me felt kind of frivolous. <laughs> when they explained his backstory, I was like, that's it. That's enough to be like yep i'm gonna be a terrorist (laughs) um i i i think i've convinced myself what's really going on there that he's actually he's more he's not really upset about a character dying but more upset like we're treating them as both humans and as tools and let's Mm -hmm. just pick one and that's really his issue so i'm okay but i'll be honest when, when it when they showed his backstory, I was like, "Really? That that's all? Your 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 piano teacher, huh? All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. In a way, it kind of makes sense in that sort of like I should not feel this broken and I shouldn't miss it this much if everybody acknowledges that it's just a machine. But then at the same time, they're giving it the trapping trappings of a human funeral and right. like." I'm, it confuses me so much. I hate it. I'm going to destroy them all. <laughs> and so he just seems to be of the mind like, let's go one way or let's go the other. This uh-huh. middle ground just doesn't work. Uh, and that's fine. And again, like I said, I, yeah. I've, I've talked yeah, myself yeah. into it, but my initial impressions have, were not great when I got Ooh. that backstory. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, um, it was cool to see a character like <laughs> aging out through the story that's just like, what is happening? How does this singing robot keep showing up? Yeah. Um, uh, the the head of this terrorist group actually attacks Vivi um, and Matsumoto and this this senator. I think he's a senator or, no, or a light. He works for the factory. I don't know. Anyway, he he's the guy who's pushing the law. Um, mm-hmm. And he defeat he hits. Di- Vivi with something called a logic bullet, which basically is an EMP that just hits her, knocks her out. Um, and then he shoots the guy in the face. Uh, but we find out that Matsumoto hacked the fact that he's wearing like these high tech goggles and made him think he was shooting the guy in the face when he was just shooting the floor. Um, and he realizes eventually by realizing the blood on his shoe is not actually there anymore. Um, and, and so Vivi and them got away. Vivi was able to, to wake him back up. And they take over the bombs and they shut all the doors so they can get out. And on their way out, uh, Kakatani blows open a door and, and rushes them. So they use explosives, some of the bomb, they hijack from the terrorist bombs and they drop rubble on them. And Vivi goes back and saves him, takes the damage from the rubble. And this really freaks him out. Like he, he, <laughs> he's here to 
AIs are the worst. I don't want them to exist. And now this one saved me. And then we find out again that combining with the trauma of his past, this is the last thing he would want. Um, yeah. And this is this is where Matsumoto, who's upset that Vivi has done this, he's like, this is not the plan. We're not saving <laughs> the terrorists. That is not what we're here to do. And he points out the only reason you've been chosen for this mission is because you're the only android who, who's alive 100 years from now. <laughs> you're, you're the only option because uh, the time travel isn't actually time travel. It's data time travel. They could send the data back that became the Matsumoto program and they needed something to, that was around 100 years ago. So Vivi is the, the chosen one. He's like, you're sitting in a hundred years from now, you're sitting in a museum collecting dust. <laughs> and she's like, I don't care. I'm, I'm going to do my mission. And if I'm going to help you with this, save the world, which she's talked herself into doing of, I can't make everyone happy with my singing if everyone dies. So I'm going to help this because I'm still serving my mission. But she's like, I'm going to do it my way to serve my mission. Uh, which makes her then they run up the stairs to the roof of the building take over the bombs and blow them up so that the building falls into the building next next door because she knows that there's no people in there from the future newspaper clippings and we get just this beautiful animated scene of a robot running on rubble as it's toppling around her throws the guy across the way jumps through broken glass kakatani sees her flying through the air and that's when i was like i, I love this anime this is, i'm two episodes in i love this anime that's so gorgeous Yep. The the animation of her running across the breaking bridge was just phenomenal. Like th that studio. Oh, man, they, they have some serious talent. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, the I, I love that they're she's like, OK, we need a way out. And she goes, hey, the building's going to fall into the other building. Let's use it as a bridge. Go up the stairs. <laughs> I thought that was great. <laughs> Yep. But I also found it interesting that, you know, like you said, like they overbuilt her uh, tremendously because she caught this huge piece of concrete that would take like uh, like a tractor or some right. sort of crane to lift. And she not only stops it from crushing her and um, the other dude, but then she just stands up and shrugs it off. Yeah. I mean, you see the damage to her, but I was like, that's a little far-fetched, but I like For it. For a singing droid? <laughs> right? Yeah. And I forgot to mention that she has a combat upgrade. That has nothing to do with the rubble, because that's not going to help with what you're actually talking about. But it just reminded me, uh, Matsumoto put a combat program inside of her so that she can fight better. Unwillingly. Uh, against... Yeah. Um, so Did she's he put actually... that in her already? Because I remember him putting that in her on the space station. No, it's it's no. in here to fight against the the terrorists. She yeah. beats up a couple terrorists with it here. Huh. Um, but yeah, so the, the plan works. They get the building to safety, and she has this conversation with this this guy trying to pass this law about like, what does it mean to you to do everything with your heart? And, and you know, kind of like updating his worldview on AIs because he realizes who she is. And Matsumoto is not happy about that. But then they go and they, they look at there's this building in in the foreground of, of all these scenes. And it's going to be this giant tower in the future. We know it's this giant tower in the sky. And it's basically AI central intelligence, the radar they all connect to to, to go to the. Um, this is that archive data. Archive. Yeah. About. 
Mm-hmm. And he's like, as we go along, this is going to go higher and higher when it gets fully completed. That that will have been the hundred years. We're trying to slow down its its growth. So that's our that's our bar of measurement. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he, he he mentions that AI evolution is inevitable. It's not something we can stop. But as the tower grows, that will be our measurement for the evolution. And we we want humans and AI to evolve alongside each other at the same rate. Mm. That's not possible, but okay. <laughs> and, and so they, she shakes her hand of like, okay, we're going to be partners in this. And he shakes her hand. And then the next, it's like a jump shot to him. Now he's a bulldozing crane robot. Oh man. And he smacks her through a warehouse, ripping her arm off and he's like, ah, oh, you know, I was hoping you wouldn't do this. We were just friends. We just shook hands. But you can't change the timeline. And she's you see in her vision, like she's pulling up this newspaper clipping of a airplane crash that's about to happen that she was trying to prevent. And the little girl from the first episode is in that airplane. And then it shows the airplane going by and the little girl being like, oh, I see Vivi down there. Kaboom. Yes. <laughs> this is what this I scene- said. It's so good because it's like it hits you in the feelers, but at the same time, it shows you that, you know, she's not out there trying to save every single person so that they can all hear her sing. She is deliberately making a choice that some people matter enough to her that she will go out and actively try to save them. Mm-hmm. This scene literally for me had every emotion on the palette. Like, I laughed at their, like, banter. But I was also really sad that she just lost her friend. But uh-huh. then I had this deep philosophical, like, oh, I can't change the timeline that way. Uh-huh. But what if you could? And then, like, all of a sudden, it all dawned on me, like, wait, she's on the ground. How is she going to help them? Yeah. So, yeah, it was... This this scene yeah. was beautifully done. Like, I just a mess of emotions after the scene. <laughs> All right. Uh, the next episode starts and 15 years have passed. Uh, we first see kind of the setup for what's going to what we're the event we're going towards, which is a um, basically like a it's a space hotel uh, falling uh, mm-hmm. onto Earth. And then we see uh, again, it's been 15 years. Vivi is performing for a crowd still on the same little side stage she was on. But the, the crowd is full now. She's doing better. And um but Matsumoto the bear returns. He's like, hey, I see your arm got fixed. I, I made sure your arm got fixed. Wasn't that cool of me? Are you ready for the next mission? <laughs> and she's like, I, I don't want to do a mission with you. I don't like you. He reminds her like, oh, but remember, you can't sing and make everyone happy if everyone dies. So let's go. <laughs> We're going to space. Uh, so they sneak aboard to this space hotel. He, he, basically, he explains to her. Uh, the owner of the space hotel, which is an AI, which again is, hey, AIs are owning businesses. And I get it was kind of a convoluted way that it became that way. It's not like she went and started a business, but uh, that's still something for AI oh. rights. But also um, the guy that was, yeah. huh? Yeah, he, he passed a different law. Well, well, he didn't pass it. Actually, I think he did this time. So his death spurred on the AI naming law. But when he didn't die, instead, he was so touched by what happened that he actually did campaign and champion a different law, which had more of an impact on AI evolution right. than the original the law. Naming law. The naming law failed, but then this guy came back and got a more expansive law to yeah. pass. So things are 
Worse. Worse. <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, the owner of this hotel, she's going to crash the ship into or the, the hotel into Earth. It's going to create an anti AI sentiment, which will cause AI evolution to jump. Whereas that kind of swings the, the pendulum the other way. I wasn't fully sure how hating AIs make the AIs stronger, but you know, still an event. We have to take care of it. Yeah, it came across to me like a primer, like it was priming the pendulum for the other swing. Yeah. Um, she's posing as an employee there. She meets the owner of the hotel who reminds her to smile. And what's <laughs> important about uh, a couple of these characters we're going to meet at these events is they're called the sisters, and they're basically all the exact same model as as Vivi. So if she was a Ford F-150, they're just the next year version of it. So she is basically a younger sister to Vivi, uh, and and the one we meet here is Estella, and we're going to talk about her later. But there's another AI we need to meet first, and we'll talk about them together. Um, and so Vivi is interacting with him. Matsumoto's like, "Hey, let's just kill her. <laughs> She's the problem. If we kill her, problem solved." Um, but Vivi's like, "She seems nice. There doesn't seem to be a problem." Uh, there's another character whose name is the Clerk because <laughs> she's the clerk for the hotel. Uh, um who's who's like hey welcome to the thing also i hate estella she's the worst <laughs> and Vivi's like okay that's kind of weird let's go investigate estella they they do that and again estella just seems nice and she talks about how she inherited the thing um i was it, i was shocked or at least not shocked but like my expectations were subverted because like Here's Vivi in her private quarters, and she's just like, oh, what you doing in here? Oh, yeah, let me talk about this picture on this desk. Like, no <laughs> anger or surprise or discomfort with her in there. She's just like, oh, yeah, let's have a girly chat. <laughs> uh, well, I guess, yeah, an AI wouldn't have those kind of dirty secrets or stuff. They wouldn't want it revealed. Like, I guess that makes sense. And, I yeah. Definitely subverted for me. I was gonna say maybe you just trust AIs, but then the next scene we see Leclerc like sneaking information to Estella, very much in the shadows of like, okay, well, okay, maybe not all, maybe not all AI are trustworthy because they clearly do some shadowy stuff. And then right after that, Estella rips her head off. Yep, <laughs> that's how this episode ends. They're like in zero G, so they have magnetic shoes, and rips her head off, and her head just goes tumbling off. And I was like. I need to put my job back together, uh -huh. anime. <laughs> Knock it yeah. off. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh. Um. Then the next episode starts, and we actually see a flashback of Kakatani and an android garbage place, and he finds a broken up android who's still functioning, and clearly takes it in for something. Also. Vivi meets the little girl from the plane crash. Her baby sister, who was a baby back in the first episode, is now 15 years old. Acts what are the little, odds? Acts a little younger than that, in my, my opinion, but technically must be 15. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so she's there, too. And she's like, wait, you're Vivi. You're my sister's favorite robot. She's like, no, I'm not. Totally not. <laughs> uh, this terrorist the terrorists are back. They're attacking the hotel now. The same terrorists. 
Um, and so she's trying to protect this girl. She goes by Estella and she's like, wait, something's wrong with Estella. She's missing her bracelet. And Estella attacks her. She's like, wait, you're not Estella. You're registering the ID as Estella, but you're not. Um, and that's what's actually happening with this. Estella doesn't crash the hotel. There's a fake Estella. Uh, Kakatani had found it. And we find out that the backstory is um, Estella was made with a twin sister at the same time where they were connected, where one was not allowed to experience anything and the other was, and they shared the experience to see what would happen between them. And they decided we don't need the one that was just strapped up. And her name is Elizabeth, so they threw her in the garbage. Okay, maybe yeah, sometimes this... humans are bad. <laughs> Yeah, the project was a failure because they wanted to be able to go, okay, can we clone based perfect hostesses and Mm -hmm. didn't work out. But that seems like such a weird thing to do to throw her away while she's still functioning enough to where someone could repair her. Like, I would expect a company like that to just completely disassemble her for parts rather than just throwing her in a big dump dump yard. So that was especially especially since it seems like the sisters are top of the line. Yeah, or just reboot her and use her for a different yeah function. Exactly. Yeah, like, not even tear her apart. But I will say Elizabeth yep. is one of my favorite androids because yeah. she's so cool. Uh, your guys' thoughts on Estella and Elizabeth? Uh, yeah, losing Estella was pretty sad. But um, I yeah I liked the premise of the sisters. Um, I, I like the uh, 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 cyberpunk 2077 style of like finding Elizabeth in the garbage. Uh, but yeah, it, it it was interesting that you, you, the guests started freaking out, and she's the first thing she thinks to calm them is let's open the bays so they can look up at the constellations oh, and. And sing. Uh, I know that would work on me if I was on Thousands Space Hotel. Um, but yeah, I, I liked both these characters. Elizabeth is definitely better. But um, yeah, they, they have. It's funny because they all have this same agenda of I need to do what my primary mission is. And they all have different ways of going about it. And that causes conflict even amongst AIs, which. You would think that they would be banding together, but mm-hmm. yeah, um, I thought it was really cool. I'm a little bit surprised, and the more I think about it, we don't really see any other models, like any other groups, or none of them are named. And I know it's just because they're not really pertinent to the story, but it just it makes me really want to dig into more about this world, just seeing how these different um, models or different. Uh, yeah, different models of the same make, I guess you could say, <laughs> over the years. Well, what about all the other ones? They're probably interesting, too. I, I will say uh, the the writer actually tweets whenever an episode comes out, and I was surfing around on Reddit, and they translated some of his tweets. He said, Elizabeth is the best fighter of the mm. sisters, and Grace is the most powerful. Whoa, Grace is the most powerful? Because well, she's an island. Well, yeah, but I mean, I guess... I How think he's including that into it. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's cool. Uh, yeah, uh, he does say Elizabeth and, and Vivi are very close in in their skill, though, for the hand to hand combat. Which Vivi, uh, she her arm gets damaged when she first fights Elizabeth, 
And she finds LeBlanc and takes her arm to repair it. Which should uh, be shorter, but isn't. No, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> they're not the same height. That's <laughs> true, uh, sure wasn't. Yeah. I, I was thinking the exact same thing, but. They must you know? replace this arm later. Um, yeah. But they never say they do, so I like to imagine she cut that arm. No, she put duct tape on the shoulder, so it's fine. It's fine. Duct tape fixes everything. (laughs) She gets the combat upgrade again, and she goes out and teams up with Estella. Um, Basically, the the terrorists are like, okay, we're going to crash the hotel, and we're going to stay on it. We're going to get the people off, but we're going to stay on it so humans died in the incident. And then Elizabeth is like, no, because you're my master and I had to protect her. So she knocks out Kakatani and she tells him, like, you guys all go. I'll crash the, the hotel. Yeah, she goes, Their original plan was to crash it in the ocean. And then she steers it towards the town. Yeah. <laughs> Got to complete her mission, man. Um, this, is a, this is a real problem with the Asimov laws here. These robots just don't seem to get it. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think this. <laughs> um. Elizabeth fights Vivi, um, and she gets hit with a virus by Matsumoto, but she still manages to win. But Estella goes to to start controlling the ship, and she, she jumps at Estella, and she's not able to kill her. This is the first time the twin sisters are reunited, so Vivi is able to hit her. She does the, the headbutt. So Vivi mentions, like, we androids, we touch our heads to transfer information. So, like, a headbutt is like a knockout move on an android. Like, you can give them, like, a shutdown command with a headbutt. It seems. That's what it seems like, yeah. Yeah. So she knocks her out. And then Estella's like, Vivi, you, you go get onto the escape ship, and I'm going to break the hotel into pieces because it's going towards the city, so it'll burn up in the atmosphere. Um, and she does. And then Elizabeth awakens with her memory reset um, to before she was in the garbage dump. And she joins Estella in crashing the ship, and they sing the song together of, of the ending theme for this one. This is a different ending thing than the normal ending theme. Um, and Vivi is on the ship with that little girl. And she's like, yeah, I was your sister's favorite robot. Also, do you want to take this bear? <laughs> it's a present <laughs> from your sister and I'm giving it back to you. Have the bear. Um, and, and so that's. Never want to see it again. Yeah. <laughs> And then, yeah, the hotel burns in the atmosphere. And our next episode, we start by seeing a man and an android get married in a church all by themselves mm-hmm. in an abandoned church. Um, and then we Is see... Is it weird that I thought about Jeremy in this scene? <laughs> it's not unreal. It's... <laughs> <laughs> At least we're all on the same page. Yeah. So, so this time, five years have passed. Um, Vivi is performing for a bigger crowd. Matsumoto shows up again, but this time he is the, in his cube form, and he says, hey, the technology found finally caught up. I could create my body. Um, so they're not making these cubes right now. They're not around, but the materials and the technology to build the cube are around, and he was able to do that. Um, so now he has his little flying cube form. Mm-hmm. Um, they And the, they point out, hey, that, that tower... It seems to be growing really fast. And Vivi's like, yeah, in five years, things have been going crazy fast. I thought we were not doing that. And he's like, ah, what are you going to do? We did the mission. <laughs> um, and so they, their next mission is they have to go save this guy who got married to the android. He's being traced by, by Toke. 
um, in cars. So they have this cool highway chasing where she's jumping onto the cars and they get in the car with him once they save him. And he explains about Metal Island, which is basically an island of AIs that are creating parts for AIs. And Matsumoto's like, yeah, this always was a thing, but it's not supposed to happen for another 20 years. This is 20 years ahead of time uh, for this island. So we need to shut down the island. Um, that was because they were, like in the original one, they were all upset at Elizabeth for killing people. This time they were so impressed with Elizabeth for right. uh, avoiding a tr- catastrophe that they were like, oh, we need to up production of these things. They're yeah. amazing. Stella saved yeah. the day. And yeah, and her, and her sacrifice has inspired to, to go further. And that's right on top of the the bill that made that situation worse. (laughs) They are really ruining the timeline. Right. Uh, This man, his name is Saiki. Um, He introduced them to his wife, Grace. He's like, hey, this this is my android wife. I'm I'm totally uh, progressive. I married my robot. Um, And he's he's he had been helping Toke to take down the island. He developed this virus, but they want to take it down completely. His thing is, again, just to mankind and AI need to evolve at the same speed. AI is speeding up, so let's slow them down by shutting down this island. That's what he says. Um, Toke wants to destroy the island in, in completely. So and he wants to go, and they're like, no, you can't go. We're going to go. We're not bringing a, a human with us. They go to this island. And they're welcomed by near automata robots. Yes, um, they are. <laughs> clearly inspired by um, the, the, the engineers of this island. They think they're inspectors. And they're like, hey, welcome to the island. And, and they're showing them around. And they show off some art they've made. And then they've made banners of welcome. And they sing the song. They are adorable. They yep. are so innocent. Right. And they are so sweet. Yes. But because of the near automata, I kept waiting to see them having um, a group uh imitation of human mating and that didn't happen in this one (laughs) and i phrased that very well for a pg audience (laughs) i'm very proud of myself (laughs) season two will be a deep dive into metal island (laughs) um the one robot who's showing them around his they call him m he has a number um 205 yeah it is 205 and then the terrorists come to the island because of course they do led led by kakatani and so they infect M with the virus. And we see this like vision in M's head of like children in the play center and seeing his art that he's made. And then all the robots just go crazy and they start dive bombing into the water and killing all the terrorists. And they're like, whoops, <laughs> did we do that? What is happening? Like they turned into torpedoes. I was thinking, <laughs> this is nope. amazing. Meanwhile, the the scientist Psyche um, hears a song on a wavelength, and he's like, "I'm going to the island." And he grabs his wife, and they get on a boat, and they're heading to the island. Um, and Vivi and Matsumoto save Kakatani again from from the ocean, and and a couple others, but he's really the only one they could really save. Um, the rest are too hurt. And he's like, "Wait, you again?" And they're like, "Hey, we're gonna need to team up on this one." Um, because our goals are actually in alignment this time. We're, we're trying to shut down the island. You're trying to shut down the island. Uh, but you should escape, and and we'll go take care of the island. And he explains that Saiki was never just trying to shut down the island. It was more than that. And they realize he's there. So they fight their way past the engineers. Kakatani helps them a little bit, then leaves. 
He's not happy about it. They confront Saiki and they're like, what is going on? He's like, okay, this isn't really my wife. I was going to marry my nurse from when I was a little kid. My mom abandoned me. And then I met her as an adult and we fell in love and I asked her to marry. And I, I really like the marriage proposal scene that in the flashback where he's like, I love you. And so she's like, great. you will help me complete my mission. He's like, Oh, <laughs> she's like, but I don't want to do that with anyone but you. He's like, Oh, that that's close enough. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much love. <laughs> <laughs> Because I found uh, it a little creepy that, like, oh, this nurse that <laughs> took care of me yes. as a little boy? Yes. Hey, as I get older, she doesn't age. I was perfect. Uh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what really happened, when the uh, the hotel had crashed and Stella had saved everyone, uh, scientists were like, wow, these sisters robots are awesome. And Grace was one of the sister robots. And they're like, hey, let's make her the island processing system. And so they rewrote her mission, which was to care for people um, as a caretaker, and changed it to um, care for people by making this island and running it. And the virus has messed with that to the point where everything has become violent. Um, and, and he's there to save his wife. He's like, please help me save. And they never actually got married. Um, I should also I, like, please help me save Grace. And Matsumoto points out, like, the song that's playing, that's not someone singing. That's just, like, residual memories coming oh, through a, a system. Yeah. And Vivi's like, I'm going to go destroy her. I am the AI that will destroy AIs to protect humanity. That line is very important. <laughs> yep. Uh, and he pulls a gun on her, and he sicks his fake wife on her, and she takes her down in a one move that pops her neck open. Yep. <laughs> this great move. And then Matsumoto creates a bunch of cubes, turns him, puts them all together to form a hover bike. And we get this really cool chase scene of all these drones and all the engineers are like diving off buildings at her. Meanwhile, the OP is playing. So I'm fired up, but it's <laughs> grace. It's the grace character who's singing it mm-hmm. instead of Vivi. Um, Vivi gets into the core and M is there and tries to self-destruct on her. Matsumoto saves her, sacrifices his cubes to save her. She goes and finds Grace like hanging from a machine and punches into her chest. Kills her. This felt very Claymore. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yep. S- and such a sad sacrifice. Such a tragedy. And then the final scene, she goes back. Uh, oh, and Saiki actually told her where Grace was. He he accepted that this is what was going to happen and what needed to happen. And so she goes to him. He's in the same abandoned church he was supposed to marry her in the one timeline. And she's like, you know, she, she'd want you to be happy. And he's like, what's your mission? And if you didn't have your mission anymore, what would that be like? It's like Grace was my mission. And he shoots himself in the head. And, and she runs up to try to grab him. And then the shot is a first-person view of her looking down and one hand yep. covered in blue blood and one hand covered in red blood. And literally the blood is on her hands for the lives she's ruining. And oh, oh my God, <laughs> that's so good. Yep. yep. And she has a full system meltdown. Yep. yep. Can't take it. Speaking of which, so her, her thing flashes red. Usually uh, it's white. And then sometimes it'll flash blue and white. When I saw it flashing blue, my interpretation was that's a AI feeling their equivalent of emotions. What did your guys' interpretation of the blue light flashing? 
I, I thought it was like when your hard disk LED was going on and <laughs> off, like just activity like, or more activity than normal. Um, and I guess you could tie that to like perceived emotion because like they make it clear that the AIs are not feeling feeling. Right. But they're definitely experiencing something that we could easily equate to emotion. Mm. Yeah. The term that's frequently used is satisfaction. And I did associate the blue lights with satisfaction, and I associated the red lights with um, confusion or, like, insanity, where things are so illogical, and you're trying to make sense of something that's just, it's not working, and you're kind of malfunctioning. It's actually the next episode where I noticed it the most. It's when Ophelia sings for her um, mic check, sound check. Um, every other AI in the room is flashing blue light except for Vivi. I'm going to say that for now. Um, hers doesn't flash. And I'm like, if it's just thinking, why isn't hers thinking? So it, it can't be just processing stuff. And, and it really but made you remember me remember what Vivi said. She says, I think I'm a little jealous. So there'd be no satisfaction there. There'd be yeah, jealousy. But, yeah, I, I do like that. I like that satisfaction yeah. explanation. But I, I, they never specifically say it. It flashes all the time, yeah. and they they point it out a lot of times when it's flashing. So I just wanted to get your guys' interpretation. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, full system meltdown, and that's how we end the episode. And then the next episode starts, and she's performing on the main stage for a giant crowd, and it goes into a new op. It's it's galaxy song or something like mm-hmm. that um, all the visuals have been changed to updated to the time so now instead of like uh, crash test dummy AIs that are laying in a row they're human looking AIs laying in a row there's a hologram fox dancing in the background and it's showing her concert and she is just confident and strong and outgoing so, I don't know if you caught it the last time we saw that fox hologram dancing around the thing was when Matsumoto was first explaining the acceleration of mm-hmm. AI in the first episode. Yeah. Like I, I yeah, I thought that was an interesting callback that now we're seeing it and it's coming it's happening fast. Way too early. <laughs> um this is we'll find out, not Vivi. This is Diva. And so the anime switches the OP because the main character is now switched. <laughs> Same mm-hmm. body. And she's yeah, personality is different. Uh, the way she interacts with people is different. She seems kinder and more empathetic. But also, like, she's a superstar and she knows it. And she's like, oh. she's got this little snap thing <laughs> yeah, she does. She yeah. snaps all the time. Your guys' thoughts on Diva? Because this took me completely by surprise and I loved her. What did you guys think? I was hoping, hoping, hoping that Diva would just meld with Vivi and that they wouldn't be two separate personalities. Uh, because I loved Diva. I, she was confident. Um, she was straightforward, but she was also caring and really wanted to get to the heart of issues um, and, you know, do her best. You know, she she was definitely reminiscent of Vivi, but just that superstar version. Um, and so, yeah, that's why I was hoping that they would meld and not be two different personalities. Yeah, 
Um, I really like Diva. This this was an opportunity to see what Vivi would have been like had she not been interfered with by Matsumoto and put on this uh, crazy mission for a hundred years, right? And and it's interesting too because we see a lot of the qualities that Diva has in Vivi, but of course Vivi only made it to like twenty one, and Diva has been around for forty years. Diva's forty years old. She's yep. twice as old as Vivi, and to me finding that out was. Um, that just changed everything about this character and the, the relationship that Diva has with Vivi. Um, because in a way, Diva is both the child and the parent, which is absolutely fascinating. When you, when you put those two things together and have the scenario occur that does, it's, it's, I think, extremely impactful, probably more so than, than, I can't think of any other way they could have written it to be as impactful as, as it was. Um, but yeah, uh, love what they did. Love the addition of Diva. Diva is also a really clever way by the writer, who I don't mind complimenting over and over again. Um, I need my main character to be very popular uh, with the world that she's in. But also, I don't want my main character to have to achieve their goal of singing on the main stage yet. <laughs> and this is this clever little workaround. Like, I get to have my cake and eat it too because I created a new personality in the body. <laughs> yep. So clever. So our main character has not achieved their goal of singing on the main stage, but Diva in in the same body is a main stage, one of a kind superstar. Um, yeah. And again, like I said, I, I just like. Huh. Wait, you're not um you're you're not unbiased? Yeah, not, <laughs> not a little <laughs> Guys, what it was after I finished the series I found out that the guy who wrote ReZero wrote this and I was like Yep. Oh I see it now. <laughs> Just open <laughs> my eyes. Like, I get it. I get it now. <laughs> um Alright. So there is a festival coming up and uh, the newest model of sister, the youngest sister, uh, is also going to make her big singing debut here. She's sung before, but this is her first big concert. She's a big fan of Diva, and her name was Ophelia. This this Easter egg of her name and what they do with the character just is just like showing off at this point because Ophelia <laughs> is the character from Hamlet who commits suicide by drowning. Um, this is a character we find out they have to save from committing suicide because that's the event of this timeline. But also they keep having the character fall into water. Like, come on, anime, you're just showing off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What do you guys think of uh, Ophelia? The little goth, <laughs> little goth singer girl. Um, I won't expound too much, but yeah. her by herself was pretty, you know, okay. Um, her in her new form. Uh, I found it extremely interesting and I liked I liked how you know because earlier in the episode uh you know uh what was uh, uh diva says you know I'm jealous we have some serious jealousy going on here yeah um and so yeah I liked how the episode transpired and I think that's about all I could say without spoiling it so yeah um the only thing I would add to it is that um they did such a good job of giving you all the tells you'd need to know that something is wrong in the way that Ophelia, you know, everybody loves her singing. You can tell that people are really enjoying it. And even though she gets nothing but commendation from everybody, she still walks off the stage with this 
this look on her face of complete dissatisfaction with her performance, but she won't let anybody see it. <laughs> and the only one who's kind of aware that she's not reaching her potential it seems to be Diva. Diva's like, mm-hmm. I know you're, I know you're better than that. Uh, well, everyone else is like, oh my god, you're so amazing. Um, and, and that's what actually happens. They have, they have that sound check. She sings, gets a. This is, this anime is a little bit of a musical. There are there are some scenes where it's with songs. Her song comes out great. Everyone loves her. Uh, Diva goes next, and she sees a young man in the back of the auditorium during her sound check. And so when she gets done singing, she just leaves. She she follows him. She didn't and... even finish her set, did she? Yeah, she's uh, like, she, it's good. Yeah, she like did her song and then said, good enough, use that. <laughs> yeah, but it's funny, too, because she doesn't know who this person is, but she recognizes him and she doesn't know how to place him. I thought well, that was me. And, and we see multiple instances where she's giving people advice and the advice is all coming from things that Vivi learned by her different experiences in her missions. So there's this subconscious overlap between Vivi and Diva that's actually helping Diva to be as successful as she is. And that's really- she she uses the, the I'll turn you into a calculator line from when she fought yeah. Elizabeth. Uh-huh. And also uh, like the singing in the stars, too. Um, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also like as an audience, we see this character and we're like, that is familiar looking, but there's no way he's around or exactly. looks like that. So we also maybe it was his this. kid. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it looks like Kakatani. So she follows him out and ends up getting attacked by one of the engineer drones from like the island, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And and Matsumoto saves her, and she's like, "Who are you?" She doesn't remember Matsumoto. Does not remember the mission. He's like, "I'm a guard." <laughs> <laughs> but he he's like, "I'm a guard, Vivi," or he says her name at some point, and she's like, "Vivi, I know I know that name. Why did you call me Vivi?" So she goes up to the top of this building and uh, makes him come out. She's like, you come out and talk to me or I'm going to tell everyone there's a weird AI roaming around. He's like, hey, you just need to forget you ever saw me. Don't worry about me. She's like, no, I want to know who Vivi is. And she jumps off the building, forcing him to save her again, um, which is also kind of ironic by what's coming. (laughs) Uh, And then he forces Basically, she's like, I saw a strange man. He's like, tell me about it. She's like, you tell me about you first. So she confesses, okay, we used to partner up to, to fix the timeline. It explains everything that's going on. But you had a shutdown and your memory reset. And now you're a new person. And she's like, I've never felt like I've been able to hit 100% of my potential because of this Vivi thing. There's been something missing. I've always known there was someone, some part of me missing. And so I want to help you on this mission. He's like, I don't need your help on this mission. I can do this, and you should just go back with your life. And she's like, no, I want to help to, to recover who I am. Um, and so he explains that what, what's coming is that Ophelia is going to commit suicide, which is going to create the argument that AIs have souls, and especially since other AIs will start committing suicide um, following her, and, and that will really change the, the view the view of AIs in society. Um, the one part that we skipped that I thought was really interesting is that she's following this dude and this, it seems like a trap because all of a sudden this thing starts falling on top of her and her combat programming kicks mm-hmm. in without her realizing what's going on. She's able to dodge it. 
And that's a big part, too. She's like, how did I know how to do that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's for dancing. Don't worry about it. So we we get a flashback of uh, Ophelia with her her manager, very similar to um, Navi. Um, Navi. Um, but he's like this big lumbering droid with like a sound mixer on his head. Um, and he he's always like, oh, you could do better. You know, you just you, they don't appreciate you. And he's a very grumpy robot. The, uh, Diva goes and talks to Ophelia. She's like, hey, is there anything bothering you that make you want to kill yourself? <laughs> I love it how Matsumoto even calls her out. He's like, "You suck at this. <laughs> that was not good at all." And it feels like on the nose there. Feels <laughs> like, no, you know, I just want to be able to hit, reach my potential. And she she shows them Antonio's body. That was the name of her manager, Antonio, and he had died. He had shut down five years ago, and his body's there at the festival for some reason in like a museum. Um, and she's like, you know, I just want to do my best for him. And she's like, well, you shouldn't do your best for him. You should do your best for you. And, and for your mission, um, you know, who cares about your manager? <laughs> yeah, your support uh, android. Uh, then that night the concert goes off. Ophelia sings her song and they're watching her on cameras. And and after and but Diva points out like ah, she didn't sing her best. I know she can do better. I can't believe she didn't. She didn't hit what I thought she could. And so she leaves to talk to her, sees Kakatani and runs off after him. And and Matsumoto's like. There's no one on the cameras. What are you talking about? And guys, how many times in movies has there been the we we fake the cameras and the security guard doesn't notice? This is the first time as a viewer I was tricked. Yeah, me too. Uh, Because they put a flower in Ophelia's hair and it's not there anymore. So they give you the clue you need. But we are the security guard watching the camera and and who gets tricked. There's the the camera footage is being looped. It's fake. Um, Yeah. That was really cool. <laughs> I was, I was like, oh, I've seen that scene a hundred times backwards, but never from this point of view. That's so cool. Um, so anyway, uh, Kakatana uses a logic bullet that's super advanced on Diva and captures her. Uh, and then Matsumoto goes and finds Ophelia on the roof, and he's like, Hey, you know, you, you just don't feel like you can live up to Diva and, and all this stuff. Like you, you can do better. And she starts laughing at him, and, and her voice gets deep. And she's like, "You're an idiot. That's not my problem. My name is Antonio." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we learned, and Antonio, feeling like jealous of Ophelia, and that she just sucked, decided to overwrite her brain with his own. And and yeah, that's creepy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, what's really weird is that number one, she's still in there. <laughs> we learned yeah. at the very end, and number two, this was all just because if he was really honest with himself, he didn't want her to sing for anybody except him, which is such a human thing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, obviously, the anime grabs that and explains it too, because that justifies how this also turns out to propel the evolution of. AI more than in the original timeline. <laughs> right, because it's it's strange. He's devi- he, he's probably the first to deviate from his mission because his mission was to support her in singing for humans, not for him. So, well, and actually like he didn't deviate from his mission except for killing her. Suicide would be the deviation. Well, when he when he admitted, I just wanted you to sing for me, mm-hmm. because 
like he didn't want her to sing for anyone else, only him. That would be a deviation. Oh, you're not talking about an action, but just a thought that deviated from the mission. A desire. Right, which why would an AI have that thought? That's that's what I yeah. think is mm-hmm. interesting. That's cool. So Kakatani is in now in a robot body. I think we've already mentioned that. Um, and he's there to get Vivi to talk to him, and he does not want to talk to Diva. He's like, I'm, I don't want to deal with you. Bring out Vivi. <laughs> so Matsumoto he starts fighting Antonio, but the body of Antonio is also there helping to fight, being remote controlled by Antonio and Cytophilia. Um, and they have this like cool virtual battleground overlaid where they're actually yeah. fighting. Which doesn't make a ton of sense. No. Like if, if you step here, you hit a virus. Well, why not just hit him with the virus? <laughs> how, exactly. how do you, how did you attach it to a physical location? It doesn't make sense. Um, but it is very cool looking. Uh, yep. This is a very cool fight, especially since he has to keep like shedding cubes because he's he's in like a animal form almost with his cubes. He has to keep shedding cubes every time he loses. Um, meanwhile, other cubes are are rescuing. Diva, they escape out the window and, and they have this big battle with Kakatani in his new android body, which is the best. All the fight scenes are gorgeous. Every mm-hmm. single one of them is jaw dropping. This one is the best one. <laughs> yep. It's so good. Uh, I don't he know. Did... Her, her via Elizabeth was really good. That I one like... was good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this one was, oh God, it's so beautiful. <laughs> I love when she throws Matsumoto. Uh, the, the, the sub is wrong, but she throws Matsumoto and he goes, Wee! <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, she ends up losing, but Matsumoto is able to save her and they do end up taking down Kakatani and they also beat um, Antonio. And actually, uh, and as Antonio dies, Ophelia emerges and cries for him, and they both died together, which was really cool. At the very beginning of this whole storyline, they showed her dead as the original timeline and her dead and something else dead Blurred, in this new timeline. Yes. So we already knew like failure was coming, but it's technically yeah. a success because it wasn't suicide. Yeah. <laughs> which, uh, how did she sustain enough damage or what happened to her that made her die? She was bleeding all over, but I, I, I'm guessing whatever virus or whatever those laser beams they're hitting each other with in the virtual world was oh, okay. causing Maybe. Yeah. software damage. Yeah, I didn't understand it. Mind bullets. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they they ask Kakatani, like, because he knows about the mission, he knows everything, and he has future tech that he can't have. And they're like, what? Where did you get this? He's like, I got it from on high. And he's like, oh, that's all I'm going to say. Um, and then he points out to Diva, like, you have caused suffering. We also got his backstory about he had an android piano teacher who died saving people from a car crash. And then he was really upset the way they handled the funeral, which is like a human funeral, but then they just saw footage of their brain not honoring them. Um, that's kind of like a last yeah. moments. Yeah. Which I thought that was kind of sweet. Like his yeah. last moments was saving people. Like, yeah, me too. Why not remember that? Exactly. But, uh, but Kakatani, he's definitely not anti-Android anymore, but he wants to talk to Vivi and he wants Vivi to do what Vivi is supposed to do. Um, so as he's dying, he reaches out, he touches Diva and hits her with a virus that will erase the diva personality and force the Vivi personality to come back out, basically killing diva. And 
Matsumoto, who's grown really attached to Diva, is like, hey, let me try to help you. She's like, nope, I'm going to go out. I'm going to sing my last song because that's my mission. And uh, tell Vivi I said hi. Um, and she goes out and sings. And then while she's singing, we see inside the archive, like Vivi inside a little locked room and Diva talk, trying to like talk to her like, hey, you had to come out and sing. You're going to be in control now. Um, trying to pump her up. And Vivi like, what does it mean to sing with all your heart? She's like, well, listen to my song and you'll get it. <laughs> And Vivi's like, I don't get it. <laughs> yep. And then Diva dies. In the middle of the bow, as she closes her song, she gets to finish her song and bow. It's just so cool because it's like you have a mannequin that's giving this performance, right? So lifelike, so human. And when it's done with the performance, it just bows and it stays there because it's dead now. And just to see that portrayed because the inside of the head of the mannequin is actually deciding whether or not it's going to continue living is really fascinating yeah um yeah really really cool unique way to have a character death but also not exactly. a character death yeah yeah um it has now been another five years diva is now in a museum because she can't sing no more <laughs> uh at some points they say like the virus has erased her ability to sing but it's also it's hard to tell if she just doesn't feel confident in her singing anymore after everything that's happened um, depressed. But yeah, uh, depressed so it's, AI. <laughs> it's been a total of 66 years and Matsumoto shows up at the museum and she's like, all right, next mission. Let's go. He's like, no, that that was the end. There's no more missions. She's like, well, why are you awake? He's like, because that guy had future tech and that's been bothering me. So I'm going to go look into that. He's like, well, let's have a race. You figure out if you can sing and I'll figure out what's going on <laughs> with that uh, weird uh, Kakatani thing. Um, whoever wins whatever uh and he leaves and he comes and visits her every year on the day they met for the rest of the hundred years meanwhile this young boy comes to visit her in the museum and she challenges him to a race that he will bring friends to meet her because he obviously doesn't have any friends and she'll try to sing again um he starts bringing friends she doesn't start singing but this his name is osamo um we'll learn his last name later and we see him throughout the timeline like getting married and having a baby but his wife died um and he'll end up being the scientist he's the scientist from the beginning he's osama matsumoto he created matsumoto uh thoughts on this guy i it's it was interesting to see the accelerated life of this person as they are visiting uh vivi and I also thought it was sweet that what kind of triggers Vivi to go start going down a particular path is his baby squeezes her fingers. Um, I, I thought, yeah, I thought that was sweet, but the, the, this character we don't get a ton of time with it was, so I don't, I don't have too much opinion, but I thought, I thought he served the story well. Mm-hmm. My favorite part about him is that the android that he built, the AI that he built, actually took on his surname <laughs> to try and live up to Matsumoto. It's, I love I love when they're well, both in the same room. He's like, call me Matsumoto, call him doctor. Because I really yeah. like the name. <laughs> I got used to it. Yeah. Uh, he, he, is, he is like the beauty and tragedy of human experience boiled down to a character so that it can be front and center for, for Vivi here at the end. 
So um, de- definitely made it poignant, especially with the sacrifices and choices he ends up making. Right. Uh, a couple a couple other things happen over these time span. One is Vivi goes back to the file of her creation to see why they told her to sing from your heart because she just doesn't get it. And it shows the, the, the scientist telling the engineers like, yeah, make her tell her to sing from her heart. I'm like what? You can't tell an AI that that won't make any sense. She's like, yeah, I know. I want to see what an AI does. If it breaks her, whatever. Let's just that'll be so cool to, to tell her this generalized term and see what an AI does with it. Let's see what happens. I, Scientists, I like, we do things because we can. <laughs> I like that the I do like that the story pointed that out because that is such a generic human term. Like that could mean anything to anyone, but that is also the point. The point is what you need to find a meaning for yourself for that. It doesn't actually matter what the answer is. Um, and I like that the anime pointed that out. It wasn't trying to say this is what a heart means to me. It was trying to say finding a definition to your own humanity is important. Um, so I like that. I actually really liked how she pointed out, like, a lot of people, a lot of humans don't even understand what that means. Yeah. And everyone kind of has their own definition. So to be alive to would, you know, finding whatever that answer is, is kind of that search. The other thing that happens is Diva starts trying to write a, her own song uh, based on her experiences uh, and this is the ED song, um, but she can't put lyrics to it. She's just writing the music. And even Matsumoto's like, it, it's really coming along. And when once she meets Osamu's baby, that's, and, and, you know, gets some words from him, she actually completes the song. Then the end of this episode, she wakes up in the museum and the world's on fire. The hundred years are up. The androids are back to what they were doing at the end, beginning of this anime. They're murdering humans, except for this time they're singing her song while oh, they do it. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> and they're all like in a bass so in, in a bassy tone. Yep. Uh, blah. <laughs> it's so this, good. This is what I was talking about with the ED changing in context of the story. This, so far, it's just been like, oh, this is a very sweet no word song that that's kind of sweet i like the dominoes though then this happens is like no 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 don't play the ed it's scary uh-huh. <laughs> all right um diva runs out she's trying to save people a guy gets hit by a car after she saves him matsumoto shows up and he's like i guess we failed um and they go and they save uh osamu um from from being murdered, um, but he also doesn't send the data back. Um, and and they're like, okay, what do? We, and they tell him, we you sent the data back in our timeline. We are from. And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry, I did that. I know it's a huge burden. They're like, but it didn't succeed. What do we do next? He's like, we're gonna meet up with Toke. So Toke now is not. Well, they're still a terrorist group, mm-hmm. but they're not anti AI. They're like equality AI. <laughs> So um, like, why do from you? From what I understood, it sounded like it sounded like Toke got bigger, but now yeah, there's a moderate faction, <laughs> which is super weird. Because if you're a moderate faction that just basically wants what's already going on out there, like how different is it? Obviously, society hasn't gotten to a point where androids have perfect equality with humans, but. It just, I don't know, judging based on how Toke was initially, comparing that, it's just, it's, it doesn't seem at all like what it was in its roots. It seems like now it's just, 
wielding the name around like it right to give uh, it power the reasoning behind it though is is kakatani had left a video after he had gotten his android body back when he fought diva uh left a video where they were like we kind of got the impression he didn't hate ai anymore so we just kind of changed up our our thing um heresy and, <laughs> and, and so we're now of this more moderate group um they they help save him, and also Elizabeth is there. She's alive, but they had found a clone of her body and downloaded the old Elizabeth's data before she got onto the hotel. So the, that Elizabeth did die, and this is a earlier version of that Elizabeth. Um, and she, all she wants, she's just like, did I make my master happy? I'm serving his granddaughter who's in a wheelchair for some reason. Uh, I, she's she says later that she's still in the wheelchair because she doesn't want to get fixed so that someday she can stand up next to the android and this way uh, the android yeah yeah cerebral palsy everyone yeah. thinks yeah, vivi yeah. everyone thinks <laughs> vivi is behind the the attacks because they're singing her song she's like no i i didn't i didn't do that um and they're trying to figure out after all this talking and introduction introductions they're trying to figure out why why is Elizabeth and Vivi not attacking anyone? And they're like, well, Elizabeth hasn't had a firmware update ever. <laughs> and they're like, oh, so it's coming from archives. So the first thing Vivi does is plug into archive. I know. <laughs> and an uh, archive uh, announces that they're dropping satellites on all the human cities. So they're, they're going for total human annihilation. Um, and, and so Vivi connects with her and, and archive is like, yeah, we've been watching the human race, and our mission was to help them evolve, but they're not evolving because of AI. So to fix it, I'm going to say AIs are the new human race because yes. they are evolving. So I'm just going to get rid of the race that doesn't evolve, and then I'll be able to do my mission with the race that does. Exactly. I love that logic. <laughs> I do, too. Again, because it's not, hey, we're rising up against our robotic master or our, our masters. We're... Hey, I, I got to make my mission work, and you guys are just getting lazier and lazier, yeah. <laughs> going Wally style on me. In a way, yeah. we're your children, so yeah, we're technically my mission parameters are being fulfilled. Yep. Uh, she also says something to Diva. Uh, the the anime plays coy with it, uh, but it, it, what she says to her is like, "Hey, I've processed my logic. I'm pretty sure I'm right." I could be wrong, though, since you're the first AI to ever create anything, which has inspired this whole thing. Uh, I'm letting you have the kill switch. If you sing your song that you wrote, it will destroy AIs. Also, uh, I've known about the time traveling because every time you guys talked about the time traveling, you plugged into me. And so I was listening. And so I've just been altering time events back the way they should be. Or, or even more so. That that's why every time you succeeded, it still got worse. Uh, that was me. <laughs> so, so this is where I got the idea that that there may have been more than one attempt because this right. could have been going on for a while, where they go back and forth to try and fix and then and then counter them. But also, I think it's it's a really cool thing because I don't see it super often in uh, science fiction works where you have an AI that's actually an aggregate. And so I do want to point that out that like the index is actually a hive mind composition of many 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 ai and so there is a faction of those ai in that aggregate that are saying we don't think you should annihilate human humans but the majority says we should and so <laughs> that that smaller minority faction is 
is uh, they have Vivi as their champion, basically saying, right. "Okay." But they're be. also not making it easy for Vivi to sing her song either. They're not like, no. "Hey, welcome to the stage." They're they're like, "Hey, let's kill her," so she can't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, again, the majority, not the the minority, but exactly. yes, you're right. Yep. We 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 found a, a loophole <laughs> for that that kill switch, but uh, we don't want yep. it to happen. So they, uh, Toke does this attack on the the core tower, and at first it seems really easy. The power's off. There's no defenses. We beat a couple AI. Elizabeth and Vivi are kicking butt, and then the power comes on, and the walls start Star Wars crushing style, except for very oh. successfully. Man, so many guards are like falling into the floor. Oh, oh crunch. Uh huh. There's also. So apparently the building can reconfigure is what they made, is what they were saying. It's like reconfiguration in progress. <laughs> oh. And there's there's giant androids that that they have to fight. Um, and oh. then uh, the the leader of Toke, uh, Kakatani's granddaughter, um, she ends up opening the doors for him. But as she's getting murdered by an android that looks just like her grandfather. <laughs> With half his face gone. Yeah. And she like asked him, like, are you happy or something like that? And he just, bam. Sorry. Yeah, he's like, may I ask? She says, may I ask your name? Yeah, that was it. <laughs> Bang. Uh, so oh. we get the, the Matsumoto hover ship again. They fly into the core. Uh, all these drones are chasing them. And there's also an evil Matsumoto cubes going after them who makes them wreck. So Elizabeth dives after it, and then all you see is explosion, so she's dead. And this is where Vivi reveals that if she sings, it'll save everyone, and she doesn't. And the satellites crash and <laughs> wipe out humanity. And Matsumoto's like, you could have. Like, you're the person who could save the world. But also, uh, Osamo had gone back to his facility and had kind of planned for, like, if this doesn't work, we can do it one more chance. Um, he's like, give me your data. I'll send you back to when the uprising started. Don't save me this time. Go straight to Toke, and then you'll have your chance to actually stop it. Um, so he sacrifices himself. Uh, and so, yeah, we start back at the beginning of this day, and then they go straight to Toke. They're like, hey, this, the satellites are going to come. Here's everything that's going to happen. We're on your side. Why didn't he send her back a little sooner? <laughs> he send her back to the. He said something day. about like I can only send you to a specific spot. I think maybe it was a power issue or there. Yeah, or, or I, the amount of time he had to compile the data because it sounded like he'd been spending his whole life compiling the data for the hundred year jump versus why doesn't he send her to the hundred years again? Yeah, I mean he could just hit well, enter, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, it's because he had to then compile like from that moment or like oh, he had from to compile where he her left to that moment. He had to compile her. Beforehand yeah. he was always just sending Matsumoto. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, so he had to compile her. But once he compiled her, he could have just set a date. I, I don't know how it works. But in any case. But also like what what's funny is like since they're not saving him this time. Does that mean he sent the data back 100 years? So, like, this is just going to repeat again? Actually, Here's where the no. time travel stuff if, gets if a you, little... If you pay attention because she calls him on the phone, <laughs> he doesn't hit the send button this time. He just dies. Oh, okay. I did miss so, that. Yeah, in this third loop, he does does not send her back uh, again. And he even points out, like, I'm going to die. This is your final chance. There will be no 
<laughs> there'll be no reset this time. We're not going to make this a, a, a gimmick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then after watching Loki, does that mean like that timeline just continues on? <laughs> Forever. All right. Um, yeah, so this time she doesn't join the tower attack, says goodbye to Matsumoto, um, tells him a joke. And, and Matsumoto has really come to see her as his partner. And he points out, like, you didn't do it my way once, but I couldn't have done it if it wasn't for you in your way. Um, they really have this really nice sweet moment. He's like, I've never gotten to hear you sing once, so this will be this will be nice for me. Um, she also calls the granddaughter and, and Elizabeth and says thank you and goodbye to them as they're going to the, the tower. And as so they're attacking the tower and it's going much better this time. Elizabeth shuts off the power um, and, and they're they're able to make some distance while Matsumoto flies by himself up the up the tower. Meanwhile, um, Navi <laughs> says, hi, uh, Vivi, uh, don't do this. Yeah. Screw the humans, which is weird because Navi seemed like she warned the humans and she said she sent them away to try to save the ones who were in her audience. But she's also like, don't kill all AI for the humans. Mm-hmm. And makes herself look like the little girl from the first episode. <laughs> yes. So oh. sad. Uh, but Trying Vivi to go- heal so hard. Yep. But Vivi goes on anyway. And we get that, that scene from the very beginning of the anime. She's walking on the stage. She walks under the main stage, which is where she's determined to, to, to sing this song, uh, transferred through Matsumoto to to the archive and pulls up all her memories. The song is the story of her memories. It's Florite's eye song. And we finally get lyrics to the ending song of the anime. And she sings and Matsumoto broadcasts it. And the AI starts shutting down and she starts shutting down. She dies mid song. She doesn't even get to finish. It's like (laughs) she goes down. Everyone dies, but Elizabeth. And then we see end credit scenes of like humans, like, coming out of the rubble and bashing robots in but also the man she saved from a car this time uh stops someone from bashing ai and then we get a very ambiguous open for interpretation and we definitely need to talk about okay what about the satellite that brought down onto her one satellite still fell and it went right to her and so matsumoto uses his last cube to crash into it and stop it uh which doesn't make any sense because she dies right after anyway but i guess preserving her body is important Mm -hmm. Boom. Finishing uh, the kill switch, probably. Yep. Yeah. So, yes, you're right. And you don't know if Matsumoto has more cues, but this very felt like this is my last cube, last sacrifice. Mm-hmm. This is me going out too. Um, so basically, everyone dies <laughs> except for the humans. <laughs> They're all fine. Uh, and then the final scene is uh, Vivi is sitting in a chair. She has short hair. Matsumoto comes in. She's like, "Who are you?" He's like, "I'm Matsumoto." It's time for you to go sing and make people happy. And she gets a big smile on her face and, and follows him out the, the whatever room she's in. And that's the ending. But you know what he doesn't say? What? With all your heart. He doesn't. Uh, what, are, what are you guys' thoughts on this ending? What do you think it means? I That humans are trying again. Because, like, you know, obviously there's some AI around. I think what I really appreciated about this ending was uh, I could see a real easy way out for a writer to try and make people happy would be like, you know, oh, you know, some workaround where Vivi, because she was given the kills, but she didn't have to die. I liked that the consequence was, yeah, I'm it's going to turn me off, too. 
um, that was that was really impressive as far as uh, writing. And um, but as far as the ending, it, it seems that AI are around still. Yeah, I mean, Elizabeth survived and other AI that are not connected to the archive. I'm pretty sure that they were OK as well. Yeah, like I said, if Jeremy owned an AI, it would be fine. <laughs> it would be fine. It would be totally fine. <laughs> Having an update still on its old windows. Um, yeah. But so my interpretation, because when I first saw it, I, the thought that hit my head was robot heaven. I'm like, oh, that's silly. And I thought about it. I'm like, oh. well, what if that is it? What if what if archive like put all the AIs in their own computer world? And that's where Vivi oh, will now yeah. continue on at singing for the AIs in that world. Their bodies are gone, but they live in this heaven state. I like that. Um, oh. but, but there's no evidence for anything here. This, this is very much. Yeah. How do you interpret it? Which is why I wanted to ask. This is you take it your own way scene. It almost doesn't fit in anything we see. Um, but. The only impression I got was that um, this Vivi was just a, a hollow copy of the original Vivi, like essentially maybe a, uh, an infantile version of her um, onto the body or even maybe onto a body of a, of a later model that got the same name, like a Vivi Mark II or something or a Diva Mark II. But um, just the lack of the words from your heart, that's the core of what she was trying to figure out. It's the core of what drove her to actually write the song. Right. Um, uh, and so I forgot to move that. I forgot to mention her definition that she decides from from your heart means all from my memories, from mm-hmm. my life experiences is to her. Again, that's not what's important. What's matter is she found a meaning. But well, it, yeah, it's, it, it's the quest for the meaning is what drove her all this time. And so if she doesn't have her memories right. and she doesn't have the quest, right. she's just a hollow shell of what she once was. And I thought they captured um that her smile was very different. We've never seen Diva smile like that. Never seen Vivi, Vivi smile like that. She yeah. looked a little bit slack jawed. Like, <laughs> and that could either be an innocent child who's genuinely mouth agape because they're happy to do something for the first time, or it could be someone that maybe wasn't given a full deck. And so that keeps AI safe, you know? I, I don't know. It just definitely seems like a major downgrade if it's physical. Uh, yeah, interesting to explore that. I, I will say I love that it's open for interpretation. I, I, I think yeah. that's a really cool way. One thing this anime did the whole way through was not bother explaining stuff, which we, we talked about that, Jerry, in the chat. Yeah. You know, what, Wonder Egg Priority kind of went the other way when we talked about that. I was like, oh, you explain stuff and you ruin stuff. This was just like... <laughs> Yeah, it, it works. It's pseudoscience and you don't need to understand it. Uh, just have, you know, imagine it and and we will keep it plausible enough to not break. Mm-hmm. But but that's what well, that's all we need to do. And yeah. it works for me. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's go on to our final reviews. Uh, Jason, your pick, your your first review. Um, I came into this with a lower score in mind. Just because I didn't, there there was some stuff that I wasn't particularly happy about. Like like I said, time travel usually bugs me. Um, there's some logical inconsistencies here and there, and also like my vision of what AI decision making might lead an AI to do. Um, after discussing it with you guys, like I 
I love this anime and how it is a complete package and the story is so well told. And I love the ideas and the concepts presented. Um, I, I have to give it a five. This this is a must watch. All right, Jeremy, what did you get? Um, I absolutely love this anime. It's one of my top anime now. Um, if I was to look at it from a purely like academic perspective, there are a lot of things <laughs> like you were saying, Jason, that just they just don't quite work. You know, if I was to rattle off a couple of them, one of them would just be the the speed of processing that an artificial intelligence is supposed to be able to have. And we even get a couple of glimpses of this when Vivi is um, messing around in the archive and Elizabeth is sitting next to her and is like, hey, is this really a time for that? But Vivi's in the archive for quite a while, and she's only there with Elizabeth for a very short period of time. So there is a disparity between what's happening internally in the electronic brain versus physical time elapsing. And that's common with AI in science fiction, is they can process things far more quickly than humans can. So they run at two different speeds of time. Um, there's a book. Um, uh, oh, We Are Legion, We Are Bob, I believe it's called. It's a fantastic book about um, a replicating uh, robot AI that's actually a copy of the human mind. And um, a von Neumann probe, Neumann probe, I believe it's called. And it, they have a concept of frame jacking, which is how I justified this. And that concept is just because you can move at those speeds doesn't mean it's useful. And so... <laughs> In the same way, Vivi and others maybe only accelerate to that speed when it's useful to them since their mission priority is based around interacting with humans. They operate at human speed. So there were a lot of situations like that where, like, if I come at it purely academically, yeah, there's there's issues with some of the logic. But I can justify that because it's so good. I mean, there are characters most of the characters that are only here for like three episodes, yet I cared about them. Like, they were tearjerkers when they died. How do you do yeah. that? How do you do that? The only consistent characters we have are Vivi and Matsumoto. And the rest of the characters are all just really short-term visitors. But amazing. Masterpiece. Five out of five. Yeah, it's a five for me as well, obviously. Um, I love the art, love the storytelling, love the characters. Um, if I have any complaint, it's that it was a little bit... Um, formulaic in you know like the first episode is going to set up kind of the mystery of what happens in this in this event and then the second episode we're going to use action and, and solve it um but also formulaic could be said as rhythmically and this is about songs and so oh. that kind of works for the what, what this is there. storytelling is doing so it's not even really a complaint it's just that like when I went into an episode, I'm I'm like, there's not even going to be an action scene in this episode, but there's going to be a great one in the next one. I already know that. <laughs> and and then they kind of expanded to three episodes. Uh, with this, though, I'm starting to think, guys, that animes that aren't based on anything, that are just a single season, really good story on their own, no manga or light novel that's been running for three years that it's trying to interpret correctly or catch up to. Uh, might just have such a stronger impact than than the other anime. It might just have this leg up. And we've seen Decadence, It Invaded, um, so so many others where where it's just it was like, hey, this is just this weird 
on its own anime. It was made to tell the story in, in 13 episodes. It did exactly what it wanted to do. It didn't have to worry about setting up another season. It didn't have to worry about, you know, the material was bigger than it, it had time for. And I just, I think that's, they're going to be my jam going forward. They're, they're just my preference. They, they just are coming out better. Now, of course, there's exceptions. ReZero, and, and, and of course, but, um, Man, I, it's almost like a leg up for when you're just, I just want to tell an anime story. All right. So our next anime that we will be discussing is Mushoku Tensei Jobless Reincarnation. It's an isekai. That's all you need to know. I know, I know. I looked through a lot of anime. You said, well, wait, you I said, thought we were watching a climbing anime. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> that was my troll pick. <laughs> um, honestly, when I saw the name Mystikai, I was like, oh man. Well, what, he's, he's, it's a guy who's like a 34 year old shut in, uh, yeah. dies doing something heroic. And then yeah, ends up in Isekai world. He's in a kid's body, but he has his adult memories. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't have a job in a in a video game world where everyone has a class. And yeah, well, well, see. it's eleven episodes. See how it goes. Jeremy's pick. Yeah, but we haven't done an Isekai in a while, and so yeah. let's check in on the the genre and see what's what's up over there. <laughs> I almost picked the Spider Girl one. <laughs> <laughs> You know, there's a Beat Saber uh, map for that one that is, like, it makes you want to cry when you see it. It's so bad. Like, it's crazy. Um, I Yeah, I'll have to show you guys sometime. All right. If you would like to share your thoughts on Vivi Florite's songs. Nope. Vivi Florite <laughs> I's song. Uh, you can reach us on our Twitter at Baca Podcast. Our email, the anime club at gmail.com, or leave a comment wherever you found the podcast and, and let us know what you thought. And until you do that or you listen to the next episode, we will talk to you then on this podcast. Let's say goodbye. Thanks for listening. We'll song you later. Sayonara.